Shall we begin? Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Differential Podcast. I left out the FPL bit today because today we will not be discussing FPL. Today we've got a different kind of podcast for everyone. Uh, we're going to talk about Premier League this weekend, major talking points. We'll also talk about the transfer window and also the Champions League draw that happened on Thursday. I know um, Europa was on um, on Friday, so we might touch on that, but course if we don't have time we'll just leave that but um to start off with today and who and they're gonna help him they're gonna be helping me discuss uh, all of this today is um shola hey shola how's it going good 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 what's popping yeah i know you're lying but it's all good i'm good good i can't believe that <laughs> i can't believe that you're good so uh, I'm good, we'll talk bro. About I'm that. Good. You're good. Ah, right, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, also discussing the game, um, the weekend's highlight with us is um, Alex. Alex, how are you doing today? I'm good, my bro. I'm very well, very well. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me again. Yo, thanks for making time. I know it's uh, we're all really busy here, so it's 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 great that you're able to make time for us. So thanks for coming through. And all then right. um, last uh on this um Namdi Wahala, how you doing, my brother? How I'm, you I'm, I'm not I'm not last, but it's cool. Man, them <laughs> Elijah, they'll say last but not the least. That's what they'll say. <laughs> you join last though. <laughs> it's okay, no, last, on, don't this, worry. on this group, on this group right now, I think I think Shola is bringing up the rear on the table. But yeah, yeah, nice, mm. uh, nice to be on today, man. Thanks. Nice, yo, great to have you on, and it's finally good to have you with. Hopefully, good service and your mic sounds good today. So. <laughs> Great stuff. I'll give you points for that. I'll give you points for that. I'll give you points you know, for so that. Because you yeah. guys were in Nigeria not that long ago, all three of you. So calm down. Calm down. <laughs> this guy in Nigeria still had good service, bro. People were lost trading their <laughs> This guy, go and buy, go and buy correct service. Don't be blaming Nigeria for that. <laughs> Don't be blaming Nigeria for that. You know who will be happy, Abi? That's it. Can you imagine? All right, all right. First of all, um, I guess the first thing we could talk about here, since we're already talking to Namdi, is yesterday's games. I mean, I mean, um, Super Sunday, Arsenal by United. We have an Arsenal fan here, obviously. Wahala, I am an Arsenal fan as well, and then obviously Shola is a United fan. Um, probably feeling the heat from yesterday anyway. But Namdi, um, just on the game generally, how did you how did you view the game? Let me let me get my licks in very quickly, man. Some, <laughs> some man United legend, supposedly, Millie rocked on our turf some years ago. And ever since then, there's been a hoodoo on that team at the Emirates. So, I mean, listen, it was a euphoric game. But um, just to bring it bring us down to earth a bit, I don't think we played particularly well. So I'll just say that. First of all, it's a great win at this time of the season especially while we're still trying to gel, but we didn't play particularly well. I'll just say that. I mean, looking at the game yesterday, I felt like the way Arsenal played, they played a game to contain United and they allowed United to have most of the ball at the back. But United didn't actually cut through Arsenal quite a bit. So are you saying that like we didn't just attack well enough? Because defensively, I felt like we did very well defensively. Apart from obviously... The few times when we, the, the time when we allowed Ram, um, Rashford to go through. 
So it's, it's three main things. First of all, the finishing. The finishing makes me think, listen, we either need to get Nketia and Jesus to their sharpest possible level, or we really need to start thinking and planning now for getting a forward in that can get goals by January. That's the first thing, because Saka point blank, Kai Havertz point blank, and a couple of other situations where I felt like we could have got we could have done better and been more incisive. So that's the first thing. Second thing is, why are we trying to contain against United? That United team I saw yesterday is two levels down from us. We could have beaten them in gear four. Do you know what I'm saying? But we were laboring a little bit on some of our plays in a way that I didn't think we needed to. And then the final thing is the Kai Havertz conundrum. Yo, Alex, back me up. I think I said about a month ago that I feel like that's going to be the worst of our three buys. I don't want to judge too early. I don't want to be an AFTV type of fan and come here rabid. But I don't see how he fits. So when I say we didn't play well, it's those three elements. All right, that's very good. Thank you for putting it like that for us. And let me put this um, to Shola. I mean, because um, I know you didn't watch the full game, but I'm sure you've caught like most of the game as well, Shola. Um, and your what? What was your? What is your reaction to like Namdi saying Arsenal didn't play well? Do you feel like United actually played that well that they were able to hold Arsenal back? Uh, well, first of all, I actually went back to watch the game. So, um, I wouldn't say Arsenal didn't play well. I think, but I, I think this is tactically. I think Eric Ten Hag was trying to contain. I think Ten Hag was more trying to contain you guys because, yeah, we had more of the ball, but we weren't really doing anything with it. But Arsenal had some good chances to score. Like they create, in my opinion, they created the better chances. Like Saka hitting the ball straight at um Onana Havertz. I don't just miss kicking the ball. So like, I think Arsenal. You know, I think they deserved the win. You know, it, it was a from a United standpoint. Obviously, it was a cruel way to win because first of all, thinking you've stolen the game, to actually losing the game. That was that was what was just painful, but I think I, I I was actually pretty encouraged when I saw the performance, especially when Hoyland came on. Um, Hoyland brought something that we've been missing for a while, in my opinion. I think he gave Gabriel a tough time. You know, it was a very nice. Phys- you know, immediately he came on. He started occupying the center box and all. So. I, I wouldn't agree that Arsenal didn't play well. I think, yes, Arsenal could have played better. They could have finished their chances, but I think they still played well enough and they played well enough to have won the game. So that's All just right. my own take on it. Fair enough. And, um, you know, I actually feel bad for you a little bit that you didn't get to watch the game live because you celebrating after Ganacho and then learning that it was taken off of VAR would have just been the sweetest thing ever. So the fact that you watched it again and you didn't see that live, that's that's a bit painful. But it's good that I, I, I feel where you are with your points because, yeah, right, when you did have the ball, you didn't do a lot with it. What I actually thought, and this is to also to Allah as well, is that Ten Hag was of the impression that we would we would, we would come at, at United very high and we would put the pressure on them, you know, very quickly. So that, and when we put that pressure on them, what they were banking on was Unana's personal ability to break through our lines. 
the one pass to like a midfielder that cuts out half of our team, right? So I think Mikel was very, very, um, what's the word I'm trying to, Mikel was thinking about that a lot in his tactics and it showed in his tactics because apart from, and I think, and I'm right here, apart from the fact, apart from the time when Rashford ran away and scored, which was from a mistake, by the way, and then also the time when, um, what's his name, Ganacho scored that goal, United didn't really get beyond our backline in that way. So I don't know, Namdi, what do you feel about the fact that maybe Ateta was just very, very respectful of United's ability on the counter and just didn't want to get smacked up too much? It's, uh, you know, I'm I'm hearing all of that. And mm-hmm. when I say we didn't play particularly well, I'm saying, as Shola suggested, we could have played better. And that's what I want to see because this project now is about four seasons old or four and a half seasons old. Please correct me if I'm getting the timelines wrong. And so whilst we have new personnel and Ateta is trying to get, you know, some experiments in early, as you pointed out to me last time I was on here, United were short-staffed. So there was no cause to respect them. We're on our home turf. We had the upper hand just in terms of mentals because we've started the season better. We know that presently we're a better side. So all I'm saying is ditch the respect. Go for it. Go for it because it's nice to put some of these teams down early. Let the team uh, members who've just come in come in with a sense like, you know, we were that team. I don't want any crises of confidence later in the season because along the way, we started to feel like we were getting lucky. Put it away. Finish your dinner. That's what I'm saying. All right, fair enough. And um, to Shola real quick, what? how do you feel about Namdi saying that uh, United are several levels, well, at least two levels below where Arsenal is? Do you see your team at that level right now? I, I'll say one level below, not two. Even with all the money you spent. Yeah, and the fact that Ten Hag is actually a really good coach. Because, as you can see, there's a lot... United is a team that there's a lot going on. You know, off the pitch. You have a lot of things going on off the pitch. You have play, players that... We still have a problem of a lot of players that don't fit, like, the way he wants to play. You know, we still have that mishmash of players. So, like, it's this thing is gonna take a it's gonna take a while for us to see the way we really want to be playing. So, like, obviously, Ten Hag is a good coach. I like him. I'm happy he's our coach. I'm, you know, I believe that he can he he can get us in next maybe two or two years. He can take he can get us to that level. Or at least close, but like um, the thing with why I would say that we're not on Arsenal's level yet is because of, like this is like he's uh, Nandi said, the four, the, this project is four and a half years old. A, a good majority of Arteta has pretty much gotten rid of the players he doesn't want, and he's bringing he has all the players that he wants. He has a squad that's fully behind him. He has a squad that's buying into his ethos and his philosophy. He doesn't have anybody questioning him. Like, like, okay, this is this is some 
it takes me to what happened after the game with Ten Hag and Sancho. You know, stuff like that. Like, like Arteta dealt with that early in his Arsenal career with like Ozil and Aubameyang. Like, we're still dealing with that with things like that. So that's why I would say that yeah, we're not on Arsenal's level yet. It's like anybody that thinks we are is deluded, in my opinion. Fair enough, and I like that you you put that out so well. It's good to hear where you're better than someone that they admit it so well. So thank you for that for putting it so eloquently. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, real quick, before I go to Alex, I want to get your take on that Sancho situation. What do you feel? How do you feel about Sancho coming out? And first of all, I would like to say that. I get why ETH might have said that, but I felt that was that was poor judgment for him. For him to say the words, the words he picked out, I felt that was poor judgment. Except if he was trying to deflect from the loss and trying to give the newspapers another story to eat on. So how do you feel there, Shola? Are you on my? I thought you. I, I thought you were talking. No, I, I said you Alex. first. What is your take on oh. Sancho first before before I go so to this? This is my take on the whole situation, right? Because when that thing happened, when Sancho responded, as you you know, I've been very very upset about it because I can. I don't think. Yeah, do I think Ten Hag should have done that? No. Do I understand why he did that? Yes, and this is why. Basically, Ten Hag has protected Sancho for over a year. He kept him out. He's tried to keep him out of the media last last season. Sent him away for three months to go clear his head, to go get his head straight. So, and let's be honest, when you look at the comments, it's not as if he said anything scathing. He didn't say, dude, we had Jose Mourinho say, Luke Shaw doesn't play football with his brain. That's 10 times worse than what Ten Hag said yesterday. Ten Hag just said his training performance wasn't good and he needs to he needs to meet certain standards. I don't think that's anything to I don't think that's anything scathing. Fine, yes. You know, it ex, it exposes the player, but I think you know, I, I think personally Ten Hag said that to get a response from Sancho but not this kind of response. The kind of response of like, okay, you know, it's I'm gonna I'm gonna prove you wrong on the pitch. I'm gonna prove you wrong on the ground, training ground. Like what you're saying, what you said about me in the press is wrong. That's what that's the kind of response I believe Ten Hag wanted to get out of Sancho. But I don't know if Sancho was ill advised or whoever told him to put out that statement didn't do him any good because it's not gonna end well for him. All right. Thanks for that. Yeah. So um, now to you, Alex, what I wanted to say, because Shala said something there that was very important. He said um, it exposes the player. Now, the way ETH statements expose Sanchez is really bad to like, let's just say coaches, other coaches out there, because they're looking at this situation. They're like, hey, why would we pick up a player that's not even good in training, that doesn't train well, you know? So how do you feel about what ETH did? By outing um, Sancho's in that Sancho Sancho in that way, and what do you how do you feel about Sancho's reply? Well, to be honest to you, I think I can see I can see the right and wrong in what ETH did, and I can also see the right and wrong in what Sancho did. So what I mean about that is we all know what's been happening behind the scenes for sure, but it's clear to see, like Shalaz rightly said, ETH has been behind Sancho for a while, like 
who, which coach in Europe sends their player to the mountains, bro, for two, three months just to go clear their head? Yeah, the guy was a <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, you know, no, bro, he's, he's, he sent him. Man, man said the mountains, you know. So the mountains, bro. Like, like, the guy like, went to chill with Moses and the goats. Or is this sheep? No, I can't no, remember. Wherever he sends him to, you've got to be honest, that was him showing that he's actually backing him. And clearly, ETH has probably had enough. Because I read something over the summer that ETH actually wanted Ten Hag wanted to get rid of Sancho. So that correct me if I'm wrong, because that's not his guy. He just wanted someone better. But I think United, obviously, with the whole FFP finances, it's just not worked out. So that's why he still has him there. It's clear that he's trying to get the best out of him, but it's not just working. Sometimes it just doesn't work. Why did ETH do it? He's reached that point where he's like, okay, let me just cut my losses. He probably didn't expect Sancho to come out with that response. Now Sancho has done it. I feel like his position now is untenable. I can't see how he gets back into the same personality. Especially when you look at what ETH did when it came to um, Ronaldo. He, he's done it with like with Maguire. He's one of those coaches that always wants to stamp his authority. So he's done that with Sancho. And Sancho, obviously, he's been in debate. So I think this is the end for Sancho at Man United. Um, that is that is crazy. But I mean, let's see. I, I think I'm with you as well. It's gonna take a lot for them to to um to come back together and actually watch him play because there's no position that he's he's like second or third in. I think he's like fourth in like most of the positions apart from setter forward. And um, yeah. and the new striker that they have, he played, he looked, it looked yep. good, it looked all right. So before we leave this Arsenal or uh, Manchester United, I just wanted Namdi to get the last leg here. Um, over at, uh, at this whole situation with United at Arsenal moving forward, um, what do you think, Namdi? How how happy were you to see United fall apart in the way they did in the final minutes, and also the aftermath of it? Because you know, ETH came out and he was like, "Oh, we should have won." There was a pen. There was uh, there was an offside, and to me, that's just more tears. I love all these tears. They fill me with joy. You know, I I can't get enough of these tears, Vlandi. <laughs> so so you know what? I'm I'm gonna like just round off on a sober note. Just to go a little bit uh, further back to the Sancho discussion. I think there's this whole thing right now about player power and player power versus the manager. I remember not that long ago, Sir Alex Ferguson used to ensure that he was the best play best paid person at the club. So he doesn't lose respect of the players. And he must have had a point there because these days you have a lot of players who are wielding that power that they have with their wages and their astronomical transfer fees. It's obviously playing a, a part in this uh, Sancho saga. Now, in terms of United falling apart, um, I would say that this is many years in the making. You know, they've been lurching from one disaster to the other for the last 10 years because he didn't manage the Sir Alex Ferguson transition right. And you can just see ETH doing his best to hold it together. But you know, like, long run, I, I have nothing, nothing but um, ill will for him and his plans at United. And I hope that the the palace continues <laughs> to crumble, man, you know? Up the Arsenal, down United. I hope they finish sick. <laughs> <laughs> can I just I can, I just quickly, can, I, can I just quickly say let, let me just quickly say one quick thing, Demon. Obviously, yeah. I, I mean, obviously, I hate United with my with my whole soul. But I'll be honest, I watched the game yesterday as a neutral, 
I know you didn't ask me for my views, but yeah. I'll be literally 20 seconds. I think yesterday's game could have gone either way. So, Shola, mm-hmm. I think she, I, th- I don't think she'd be too down big. I saw the game from a neutral standpoint. The Erasmus guy, when he came on, he brought a lot to the game. United are dangerous when they try and go play quick counter-attacking football. Now they've got another weapon. They can go long to Rasmus. So I think going forward, if they can somehow integrate him into the team, they will they will do a lot of damage. What Ten Hag just needs to focus on over the next few weeks, in my personal opinion, is fix that midfield. The balance is still not right. Eriksen, Casemiro, Bruno, Amrabat. I'm not sure how it's going to work, but that's his biggest issue. Try and find a way in which you can have a ball-playing midfielder who can get the ball quickly to your wingers. Because yesterday, on so many occasions, Anthony Rashford, especially Anthony, had a lot of 1v1 opportunities, a lot of time, a lot of, like, we're asking for the ball, but United's players couldn't get the ball to them quick enough. So the personnel, I'm not sure how it fixes it, but that's what he needs to focus on. And if they can get that right, I think United will do a lot of damage. But back to Nam's point, may they finish sixth. Amen. Amen to that. You know what I'm talking like about. Like I said man. earlier, I was I'm not even ups- I wasn't upset about yesterday's game after I watched it because, like mm. I said, yeah. of course you weren't. Hey, hey, hey look, look, look. We're not, not. we're not here to tell lies. You collected, so, you collected a dick. You have to be upset. You can't just come and say. Oh no, no I, was, I, I was, I was disappointed. <laughs> I was disappointed with the way we lost it. Yeah, but like I said, I was very encouraged when I watched the game and saw many things like. You know, it's were you encouraged when um, were, were you encouraged when Dalo became a meme? <laughs> oh, that was funny. <laughs> you know, that like, Dalo um, thing is the funniest thing. Everybody knows. Still sliding. It's still right. sliding. It's still sliding. Still sliding, bro. Bro, Dima, one of one of my guys, Yo, Alex, one of my guys said, oh, I hope." <laughs> one of my guys said, "I hope, I hope he slept well. I hope Dalo slept well." And the other guy said, "Man, he's still on Emirates. He's still sleeping there. He slept well." There. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what on that I think we can leave United and Arsenal um, and we can move on to a little bit more um, stuff that happened this weekend and you know a few major talking points um, this weekend and I want to start off with Alex obviously Liverpool a lot of people have laughed at Liverpool in the last few weeks because of the transfers that they made um, but we obviously are going to talk about transfers in just a little bit but I just wanted to talk about that Aston Villa game you know, because that game could have gone sideways. You know, Aston Villa, a quick attacking side. But very quickly, you, um, Liverpool dominated the game. Two quick goals. Well, one quick goal. And they looked so... I think it was... No, it was two quick goals. And they looked yeah. so fast on the break that Unai had to switch things up. And he had to go more defensive. So how did you see the game um, yesterday, Alex? It was beautiful. Beautiful. Glorious. Beautiful to watch. Did I, I'll be honest, did I expect the game to be that easy? No. Did I think we'll beat them? Yes. Um, what I've seen this season already fills me with so much joy. And I said it, I don't know if I said it to you guys openly, but I'll say it now. I think we're in a title race. Um, before the season started, I was a little bit doubtful just due to the fact that we were not getting the targets that I wanted. But I've seen enough from the current crop to tell me that these guys have something about them. Yesterday's game, Unai made a fatal mistake. He came with his high line. And I usually abuse club. I'll give him his flowers for what he did yesterday. There was a tactical switch he made. Not a lot of people noticed it, but I saw it. Matip was almost mm. playing as a right back and Trent was playing as a quarterback. So Trent was having... T- he, didn't go, he didn't venture forward as much. He still played inverted, but in the defensive line. So there was a lot of time on his hands. He got the ball. 
is doing a lot of long balls. You guys have just seen in the highlights if you didn't watch the full game. That's why Salah and Nunes were just fisting. And for some reason, Unai, who's typically a tactical genius, didn't actually fix it. He, he maintained that high line and we just kept getting through and getting through and getting through. That's what made the game very easy. The midfielders, obviously, that we have at the moment with McAllister, Jones and suppose like it's so fluid, a lot of energy, a lot of legs. And I think what's probably the biggest thing for me is that all three of them are comfortable receiving the ball in any position. Someone marking them, they receive it. You're not marking them, they can receive it. And if you fall back, they can thump the ball like someone like this for his first goal. Yeah, so overall, impressed. And I think um, we're in for a good season if everyone stays fit. That's good, man. It's good to hear you say that. And uh, just to stay on you a little bit, yeah, Zobo's like, how, how did you see yesterday? I thought he was he was fucking good. He was great. Yeah. And he's exactly what I feared he would be. He's a hard-tackling yeah. midfielder. And he also has the skill and ability, technical ability yep. to shoot the ball. He has nice dribbling skill and all of that. So how did you see his performance yesterday? And going forward, how excited are you about him? I'm excited. He's one to watch, in my opinion. I think this four games, he's played 90 minutes. He's He's got four lungs. That guy has got four lungs. He's he's everywhere. He tackles, he shoots, he runs. When I was looking at the stats, he tops our charts for most of most of the most of um those stamina type of metrics. I think he's a great player and he's only just started, obviously. For me, he's a cross, and I don't want to put too much burden on him, but I might as well. He's a cross between Steven Gerrard and KDB. That's Ooh, that's that's uh, okay. That's uh, what he plays like. I'm not saying he's gonna to get to the levels, there obviously. Go. There we go. All right, fair enough. I like how you said that. And I know Namdi is a closet Liverpool fan. He's also uh, talking uh, a lot about KDB's um, whippage, as he puts it, I think. So what do you think uh, about that? How do you see um, Zobo, um, Namdi? No, nah, I'll take I'll take my flowers early, man, because I've been talking <laughs> about getting Zobo for us now for a bit. And I think if we'd gone and invested in Zobo instead of Shy Havertz, we'd be good, you know? Yeah. So that's on the yeah. one hand. On the other hand, everything that um, Alex is saying is true, to be honest. I don't know that he has the same spirit or mentality as Gerard, you know, like that. I'm not, I'm going to die on the pitch mentality, but he definitely has that drive, that engine, that energy. And um, man, I'm really impressed with the dude. I'm not a closet Liverpool fan, but I really do trust what <laughs> mm. Klopp is about, for real. And yeah. I think that he may have got it wrong the last couple of seasons, but this time around, like Alex said, they're in the mix, man. I said it day one. Liverpool is in the mix this season for sure. All right, fair enough. Um, I I watched that whole. I watched like about 60, 70 minutes of that game, man. Liverpool looked impressive. That midfield three of McAllister, Jones, and Zobo, they, they just look they just looked really nice. They look like they've been playing together for a while. Um, and uh, I I think I was- they are in the mix. The club is showing that he's back in business. I know Liverpool fans were a bit annoyed with him. Because of you know the transfer window and how things were going, but um, about, about you, did, that... you did grow, you did grow small, or just cough quick. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, hold on a second. <laughs> Sorry about that. Thank you, Namdi. But fuck you, other thing. <laughs> but um, just real quick, um, before we leave, um, uh, before before we move on to other teams, um, Alex, um, you had a fear that look, 
without this, um, without a new CD to replace um, um, VD, um, VVD, you're going to have a lot of issues at the back. But yeah. yesterday, Gomez and Matip looked untroubled. How confident are you on them moving forward? Bro, I need to give both of them their flowers. Yesterday, they were amazing. So much so that our next game, I'm happy with both of them starting and Konate and Madak on the bench. They were that good yesterday. Uh, again, I don't want to get I don't want to get too gas about one game, but Gomez and Matip, well, I'd always said it. Both of them are good players, but injuries over the past twelve to eighteen months kind of ruined them. I wasn't sure they were going to bring it back this season, but the last two games that I've seen against Newcastle and against Villa, it's filled me with confidence. As long as the both of them can stay fit, and I I think we'll be good. Just one more thing to add on the defense. Uh, the reason why I'm a little bit confident again is the fact that our young boy Kwanzaa, I don't know if you guys know much about him, he's another light skinned guy like Levi Colwell. Club has been trusting him. He brought him on against Newcastle. He brought him on again. He brought him on again yesterday. So I think I think that's one to watch. And that's mm. the reason why we've not gone full on for centre back. Eh? Fair enough. I look forward to watching him. Um uh, Shola has his hand up. You know, he's a United fan, so I don't know if we should call him, but you know, let's just have, let's let's give him a chance <laughs> to talk. <laughs> first, first of all, right, I need to say something because I said something, you guys said I was lying. Please, yeah, Alex, bro. you need to you need to calm down on the lies too. Because <laughs> I remember the very first pod we had. I yep. said this about Liverpool that Liverpool are going to be the closest thing to Man City. You did. You did. Everybody you Every did, single one of you said it's not I possible. There. I wasn't there, but I, no, I, Namdi, you weren't here. You did, but you did. But I you said said Chelsea like, will come forth. I didn't say Chelsea will come forth. I've never said that. <laughs> I've never said that. I said Chelsea will be in the running to fit to challenge for the top four, and they will ultimately fall short. That's what I said. All right, that Chelsea will be in the mix. So wait, so you just interrupted us to tell us that you told us so. You told, yes. told you so. That's what you yes. did. I right, fair enough. Yes. You guess it. Thank you. I guess you must get your wins somewhere this weekend. Yes. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. Yeah, I fair enough. <laughs> right, fair enough. Um, you know, let's so let's turn up to a few other games that happened. And this is uh, I'm talking to Shola here. Um Spurs. Um, shitty Spurs. They have looked really good in the opening few games. How, how have you seen this new coach and the way they are playing looking forward? Are they going to be a real um, threat for that top four sp- spot? Yeah, they'll be a threat, but I think they'll fall short. Mm. Why do you think so? You Don't they, don't they look they solid enough see, for you? This is my thing, right? When I look at teams, I don't just look at how well your football is. I look at the... Pre- I'm a person that I look, I look at the characters. I look at the leadership. Because the when I, I look at that Spurs team, right, and I don't see that I see that they're the kind of team that yeah, the football might look all nice, but once some once things start going wrong, I don't see the personality, the character, on someone that can drive them and bring them back, that can take them over the line. I just don't see it, you know. Uh, fair enough. You know, it's, it's a difference. With, that's that's what, like, you look at Man City, for example, you have those characters. You look at Liverpool, for example, you have those characters. I just don't see it in the Spurs. All right, fair enough. I'm I'm not going to argue against that shit. Fuck Spurs. That's the way I see it. And um, I want to go a little bit to um, Chelsea right now. 
Habib didn't come on because a little bitch. They want to get roasted. But <laughs> hey, man, please let me let me just step in just real quick because I yeah I, sure I, go ahead but, yeah yeah so much as I hate to admit it, I one hundred percent agree with Farouk. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Shola, by the way. Knows yeah, it. that's Shola. Exactly. <laughs> listen, listen the, the, the truth about it is. <laughs> hey, you guys, you guys should listen to Raya to to Wala, please. Man said Ryan, what's going on? Daddy Daddy Brain. Well, go on, please. Go on, please. Yeah, yeah, no. At the business end of the season, it's a personality test. You know, that's just the truth. At the business end of the season, it's about who do you have in your team that's going to fan the flames when, you know, like the candles burning low. Mm. Because the, the, the thing I, I, I read something in The Guardian today, I think it's Barney Rone. And it was talking about Declan Rice and mm. how the personality like was a Declan Rice. factor yesterday, exactly. And mm. um, it's something that we lacked at the business end of last season because as much as Saka is our star boy, for instance, he's not the guy who, when spirits are low, he's going to find you that extra level of energy. Do you understand what I mean? And the truth about it with Spurs is Ange is a great a great coach and is obviously going to get them playing well, but he can't compensate for the lack of that character, you know. And it's Spurs, man, they're going to Spurs it up, so yeah. <laughs> but yeah, to your, to your next question, and I'm with you, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm 100% good with that. It's like, I hope they Spurs it up. I'm expecting them to, I, you're right. When I look at the leadership center of Spurs. Uh, it's going to take some guys actually coming up and becoming leaders themselves. That players like Bisuma, um, Romero, those are the guys that they're going to have to look to. Madison. Madison has always been good for um, Leicester. An attacking threat going forward all the time. I don't know if he takes the leadership mantle, but still, he's a great player. you know. And I, I hate the fact that I, I can't like him anymore because he plays for Spurs, but I still think he's a good attacking threat. So, now moving on to Chelsea. We're about to, you know, we're going to talk about it a little bit here. I mean, Abby's not here. I actually think, and this is for um, Namdi as well. I, I watched that game and I actually think uh, Chelsea looked very threatening and we're kind of unlucky to leave without getting a point there. How do you see them going forward uh, um, this season? And how did, sorry, how did you see the match against Nottingham Forest? So they still have that IgG, which is going to ensure that they stay in games early doors, but they're going to fall apart. They, they, there's been too many musical chairs at that club over the last year or so. They have a brand new manager, a brand new squad full of youth. Do you understand what I mean? Lots and lots of high price yeah. tags, which will make those guys have nightmares before they come up. <laughs> To film. <laughs> and against Nottingham Forest, it was pretty much something like that. Lots of mm-hmm. them came up short, probably because they put too much pressure on themselves, possibly because Pochettino is, you know, trying to ride them hard and whip them into shape, and they're just not ready. Mm-hmm. In terms of yeah. the play being threatening, I think they have good enough players that they're going to get one or two sequences right, and they're going to show a flash of brilliance here and there. But um, one of our friends, who's not on this show, so I don't know if I should necessarily call his name, but he was pointing out how some of the tactical uh, experiments 
are maybe not suited to the games that they were playing. Mm. But I, I think I think that no coach is going to make an ex- going to try an experiment unless he has some reason for it. With Arsenal, it's about being ready for those late season games where we need to find more options than you know you, you would at the beginning of the season. I don't agree with it, but I can see having listened to you guys and some other commentators why that's happening. But with Chelsea, it seems more like they just don't have there's a there's a cutting edge he's trying to find. And he's trying to find it quickly so the season doesn't fall apart. So it's not a question of let me just try something because I'm a tactical genius. It's more like we have we have something missing here that we need to work to to discover. Do you feel me? And that's yeah. how it felt against Forest. Right, fair enough, fair enough. I mean, like I think I said it. Well, this wasn't on like one of uh this is all just on the FPL pod or something. I feel like Nottingham Forest themselves, and I want to give them a little bit of credit over the la- over the season last season. They have actually found you've actually found that they've managed to take points away from big clubs and they've shown themselves to be more of a threat to big clubs. You know, you don't just trash them anyhow. I mean, when we first faced them last season, um, we beat them 5-0. But by the time we went back to their place, it was like 1-0. I think they beat Man City or they drew with one Man City 1-1 at home as well. No, so they no, no, of... forgot something. No, you no, yeah. no, don't twist it. The oh, yeah, second game was one nil to Nottingham Forest. They beat you one nil. Get it right, bro. They didn't, oh yeah, they beat us. They beat us. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. It, it, all, it all adds to my point. It all adds to my point that they've they've kind of sorted out their feet a little bit in the Premier League. So it's not easy to just get points with them. And maybe Chelsea rocked up thinking, you know what? All this and like um like Wala said, a lot of fans rocked up to that game thinking, you know what, this is gonna be a trashing. And he ended up, you know, being not now for us, keeping a clean shit and getting that win. So good for them. So the last question I have for you guys, and after this, you guys can tell me about any other insights that you guys have from this week. But um, this was something I wanted to push to uh, uh, Alex. Um, Deserby, 3-1 against Newcastle. A thorough trashing. And a very, very good performance. Brighton go at you. They don't, they don't look like they've lost a step. You know, Ferguson, 100 million striker, definitely on the money. Through a hat-trick. Even though the last goal was kind of like, you know, a deflection. It was still a very good performance for them. So how do you see the Zerbi going forward? And can he really attack the top four? Top coach. You know, I think we've said it for the past 12, close to 18 months now, that the Zerbi, he's a top coach. He's improved writing. He took the pot out of him, obviously, and taking him to the next level. Can they can they push top four? I think they'll try. They'll, I think they'll have a similar season to the, like they had last season. I actually think they're better now especially with the midfield setup that they're going with. So they're not going with any destroyer. Last season, they had Caicedo there who was breaking the lines and destroying things. Now they've got Billy Gilmore, almost like almost playing that role of a deep-line playmaker. And it's working for them. It's work. It's really working. I, I watched the game against Newcastle, and Newcastle didn't have any answers. They've added that guy from Barcelona, the kid, Ansu Fati. I'm looking forward to watching him. I think they will not go up a step again. So... Overall, I think Brighton obviously on course have a great season. What right. might, yeah, the only thing that might affect them is when they get into Europa because they've mm-hmm. got a very tough group, which obviously yeah. might start affecting them. All right, because you have to do all that traveling. We'll see how the Zerbi exactly. handles. We'll see how the Zerbi handles Europe this season. And before we move on from this, I just wanted to see if uh, Shola, do you have any more um, talking points from this uh, from the weekend? Shalau, um, man, do you guys have any other talking um, points? Yeah. yeah, I didn't mention. Me, yeah, I want to talk about Newcastle because, um, yeah, you know, 
first game they looked great, but ever since then they've looked absolutely nonsense. Mm. And for whatever reason, I'm not surprised. I don't know why, because um I don't know. There's just something about that Newcastle team that's missing that's off. Like they don't have that resilience. They don't have that resilience they had last year. You know, there was there, you know, there was this resi- there was this resilience that they had last year that made them so difficult to play against. But I mean, like now, like they I I don't know what it is. Like against Liverpool, they just capitulated against 10 men, then Brighton just ripped them apart. Hmm. Like I mean, Gilmore had his way with Tonali and Bruno Grimmers. Like it was crazy. Yeah. And Billy Gilmore is one that was touted as a potential, you know, highly rated player going forward. And obviously, it didn't work for him in Chelsea, but it seemed to work pretty well, you know, against Newcastle. So I, I, I get what you mean. So, uh, Namdi, I think you were about to say something. Do you share yeah, this on Newcastle? Evan Ferguson, that dude is the future, man. Yo, I watched I'm, him. And I'm sorry not to saying it lightly. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I watched that and that second goal, the way he placed the keeper from that bro, far. Okay. Oh bro, my god. That was a sensational bro. goal, man. That was that a was young, young, young Harry King. Oh my Kang, god. Like, Thank you. It's like a mix between Harry Kane and Alan Scherer. Mm. You know, there's there's a bit of both of them in there. I think unlike unlike Kane, he's less I mean just a little bit less concerned about the aesthetic of it. But somehow, mm-hmm. and I think he, he has Kane's technique with Alan Scherer's just get it in philosophy kind of thing. I don't know. There's there's cool. bits I've seen, bits and bobs I've seen here and there. We just tell me that this guy, he believes. And that's all it takes sometimes at the highest level. He believes in himself as that guy, you know? Mm. Yeah, as in, and I guess this this leads us to a little bit of our talk about the transfer window, the winners and the losers from there. Because obviously, at the end of at the when the transfer window was on, you know, there was talk of Brighton making him a hundred million player, and with the way hundred million is spent these days, right on midfielders. And I need to talk to um, Namdi about this a little bit. Um, put this to Namdi first before I go to you guys. With the way. 100 million is spent these days. Brighton can easily see that 100 million for, for Ferguson, right? Uh, I think if they keep him this season and deserve nurtures him, yes. Because if Ireland is going for 80, was it 80 something or something million euro? Like, yeah, I don't I know. I, I, we, we'll, I, we'll definitely see the argument again in like a year when the guy is shit. You know, United, you know how to spoil players. But go on. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, I, but I actually even think Ferguson is a, a cut above Hoyland. I'm going to leave room for the Premier League bias because we obviously watch a lot more Premier League mm-hmm. than any other league. But I think he's a cut above. And if Hoyland is going for that much, then perhaps based on the market, it's justified. But, um, you know, just generally, I don't even want to think about. All right, um, Namdi, your your line was cutting up a bit there, so we didn't really catch the end. But I'll, I'll come back to you. But Alex, in this transfer window that just went out, who do you think were the biggest winners? Um, let me just start off. I would say the biggest winners were probably Brighton. They 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 lost who um, they lost market price. I like the way that yeah. he does. I won't mind us going in for him. Is Nam so, 
Yeah, me, oh, it's okay. yeah. Sorry, the, oh, oh, the, the service is going to be service is going to be shit for like ten seconds, please. Okay. All right, no no worries, uh, All right cool. No way. Yeah. I'll sort that out. We'll sort that out. So I was asking Alex. Alex, so I was I was asking asking Alex. See, Namdi is a fool. It's Namdi that caused all this. Let's leave it. Um, who do you think were the winners in this transfer window? I think I think Brighton. I think like I think you already mentioned it. I think Brighton are the biggest winner. They sold well, and they bought well. Um, so I think they're the biggest winners when you look at the quality of the players that they brought in, the amount of money that they recouped. I think the sky is um, at that okay. point now where yeah. They are the point now where go on, sorry, please. I no, no, you. no, no, no. You're saying they are the point now where next summer they can even sell more. The summer after it's almost like it's 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 a chain reaction when it comes to uh when it comes to Brighton. You just mentioned Evan Ferguson. Next summer it will be up for sale, probably 100, 150. They've also got the likes of Mitoma, Estopunian. If Billy Gilmore has a cracking season, next season he'll be up for sale. So they don't mind selling the players. Obviously, it's their model. Their players will come, big money, they'll go buy cheap ones, churn them out again. It's like a revolving door and it's working for them. So this summer, they had a cracking summer. They, 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 there's a player that they bought that no one has really mentioned yet, Dahoud from Dortmund. Watch out for him. Mm, he's Obviously, been I'm good. Sure he, yeah. He's been he good. Even, yeah, quietly very good. Yeah, fair enough. And just to stay on you as well. Obviously, Liverpool had a midfield midfield rebuild this summer. So now that the end, you know, transfer window is closed, what rating would out of ten would you give your midfield rebuild so far? Uh, I'll give I'll give it an eight. I'll give it an eight. Uh, I think I would have given it a ten if we got Caicedo. I know, I know, I know. I keep trolling Christ, I don't know, but he would have transformed us from a defensive standpoint. Um, we got the young, uh, I'm going to say the young guy, the 30 year old Japanese guy, Endo in. I think he's just going to be a squad player. But mm-hmm. I think from what from what I've seen in the first four games, I think Klopp is just going to have that season where he will let his midfield just do the talking. So we're not going to have any destroyer there. We're just going to have a lot of ball playing midfielders who can play as sixes and can play as eight so multifunctional midfielders and Ooh. depending on the game and the opponent will just be changing the six so yesterday it was McAllister tomorrow it might be Bacchetti the game after it might be Jones then Gravenberch he's just going to rotate and I think it will work for us this season but when it gets to the top games like Man City away Arsenal away United away that's where I think it might bite us so I'll give it an 8 about 10 midfield rebuild ah, good enough I'm glad to hear that you're a little bit happy, more happy with that and um, Shola, what about you? Which um, team do you feel? So let me flip the question a little bit now, Shola, for you. Which team, apart from, let's say, the uh, teams that just came up, like Sheffield United and um, Luton and uh, maybe Burnley in some aspects that didn't exactly buy well. I know um, Sheffield United got that striker, um, Archer, who looks really good. Archer. Yeah. Which um, which team do you think lost the most in this um, transfer window? Or who did not do enough, pretty much? Oh man, um, I'll say probably Wolves. Wolves no. are probably the team that had the because they lost so many players and they didn't really replace. So I would go with Wolves, but I think to go back personally, I think as as good as Brighton had a transfer window, I think West Ham personally had a better window because I think they spent that declaration yes, money well. Yes. 
Yeah, I forgot about them. It's for Angela. Produce Alvarez and uh, who was the last person they got in? Prowse. Ward Prowse. There we go. Yeah, I think... Well spent. I mean, we're still going to see how well they do, but I like the way those players that they bought. They bought a destroyer in Alvarez. Um, he's new to the league, but he's played in Europe multiple times. And like it or not, West Ham is actually a team that is regularly in Europe now. I think this is their second season in Europe or third season in the last few years under Moyes, if I'm correct. They played Europa. Back, back, back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They played Europa, then they played Conference, and now they're playing Europa again. So Europa, yeah. I feel like Edison is someone that plays in Europe a lot, so it's going to be very useful to them. He has that experience. That I don't know, the name is not Edison. I think it's something. Well. Anyway, leave that. Alvarez, Alvarez. Yeah, Edson Alvarez. Uh, Edson Alvarez. There you go. And then obviously JWP, professional, highly experienced Premier League player. Do you understand? The kind of guy that Moyes would like. He's not a big dog that can fit into like a top six team, but for a team like West Ham, definitely big enough for him. And something and a team that he has already looked like he has a usefulness that they can find good use for him. And then, like you said as well, Kudus, we're still going to, we're still waiting to see on Kudus because, you, as you know, a lot of Premier League teams have actually stepped off and did not get Kudus, you know, for one reason or the other. So we'll see how good he is there. And um, now that uh, um, Namdi is back, finally, as Grace yeah. is always present, um, I have to talk <laughs> a little bit about Man City, the champions. They sold Fantastic. well. I don't know how they sold all those their players, but they sold well and they bought so well. How did you see their transfer window? I was about to say that I actually think that they won the transfer window globally. You know, I actually I do think I, because I disagree. Hmm. Do you know why? Right. So, do you know right, why? Let's hear what Namdi has to say first before we go back to Alex. Sorry, yeah, Namdi before think, we go back to Alex. Go on. I think so because Man City had or were able to move on Laporte, Riyad Mahrez, Ilkay Gundogan. You know, big personalities, a lot of two particularly responsible for a lot of their success over the years and their success, particularly last year. Move them on, them on without the hint of scandal, without even the merest trace of bad blood, got them to places where they wanted to be. And then they brought in masterful players you know Guardiola is started as the best young defender in Europe there he is in Man City as if they couldn't get any better Kovacic was bowling at Chelsea but somehow under the radar there he is at Man City running things Jonathan Jeremy Doku may not have been on a lot of people's um, minds as a potential asset but just watch him light up man he's that kind of player who he has one big gift, which is speed. And if anybody knows how to mold that speed into something significant, it's Pep. He's been doing it over the years with players like Pedro, who couldn't make a mark anywhere else. But while he was at Barcelona, he was something something different. So I think that overall, City didn't spend any jaw-dropping amount considering the current market. But they got good quality. They were able to refresh their squad, keep the hunger. City won the window, man. Let's just keep it real. And then they sold, they, they sold Cole Palmer. Cole Palmer, who's worth about 5 million, they sold him for 45 to Chelsea. Yo. Yo. Crazy. 
City sold a lot of deals like that this summer that were very, very mind-blowing. Like, how? What is going on? Exactly. We can't, exactly. We can't even get one million for Pepe. How are you selling this guy for <laughs> 45 million? Bro? But, um... <laughs> Alex had something to say. Alex had something. Wait, before we come to you, Shola. Alex had something to say a little bit there. Uh, I'll I'll, I'll be very quick. Yeah, very quick. That's what she said. Go on. (laughs) 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 When it comes to to the finances, City had an amazing window. Granted, I give them that one. When it comes to the actual playing staff, have they improved? I know I've said it in our WhatsApp group, and no one is really listening to what I'm saying there. I think they've gone backwards in that regard, my personal opinion. The players that they have come in, they're good players. But let's be honest, if I ask Shola, Demon, and Nandi, if tomorrow or before they went to City, your coaches are saying they want to buy Doku, they want to buy Matthew Nunes, Kovacic. Apart from Guavio, I don't think you would have been super impressed, let's be honest. What, in my opinion, what City have lost? And it won't show now because now, season has just started. When it comes to the crunch time, January, then between March and May. That's when I feel they will miss Riyad Mahrez and Ikai Gondogan. Personally. Mm. The players that are coming are decent I players. Agree. We, yeah, we've seen Kovacic in the Premiership Alex. for five, six years. We've seen him in Premiership. He's neat and tidy. When it comes to December, he'll get injured. Doku, mm. yeah, he has that speed. He's always had speed. People have looked at him. But yeah, like I agree. Pep could bring out the finishing touch on him. But no matter how well Pep brings out that finishing touch, he's not going to be Riyad Mahrez. We had Mahrez and Kondogan carried city. OG, and I think, um, um, Alex, before, before you say something... Oh, sorry, Namdi, before you say something. Namdi. I think, no, no, um, just a quick question. I'm not oh, going okay, to interrupt Shola. Yeah, oh, okay. just a quick question. OG, when has City ever gone into the market, bought a player, and you thought, woof? Apart from, the, I'll just say three standouts. Apart from Haaland, apart from... um um, Who else am I going to put K- in there? In that K- KDB? No, K- KDB when he was born, people went... were skeptical. Of. People were highly Sterling? skeptical. Sterling, yeah, yeah. Even Sterling. Sterling, when they bought him, it was sort of like, okay, City have money. That's why they want to pay $45 million for this upstart mm-hmm. from Liverpool. But it was all about potential. When has City ever gone out there and you said, woof? It's only when Pep got his hands on them that it was so, like, oh dear, yeah, all in trouble. Yeah. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they're bad players. I'm just saying when you now compare it to what they missed, the, the two players, in my opinion, that have gone out were huge for them. Maris and Gundogan over the past three, four years. Those players were huge. And I'm not saying that these guys will not get to that point. I just think we're overlooking the impact that those two players might have had on that City team, especially if KDB starts regressing, which I think is going to start from this season. Let's entertain the Europa opinion. Let's entertain the Europa opinion. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, before before you say something, because so I actually said something a few a few um a few um minutes ago or whatever it was where you, where you spoke about the mentality. I believe I think you mentioned mentality one of that, and yeah, I think yeah, character, and that is one of the things that Pep. Um, I think Alex is actually alluding to here because when yeah. you have the characters of of Gundogan and Maris leaving your squad, right, and you're replacing them with the character of, say, Kovacic and Doku, it's definitely a step down in character. And most of the time, that's a big deal. But then again, Namdi's replied that, look, City just buy wherever they buy and then Pep gets his hand and molds them into something good. It's actually yeah. very, very telling because somebody like Akonji, for example, that came in. If I told you that mm-hmm. Akonji will be a stable in the side that wins a 
a treble uh-huh. in the Premier League. You tell me that I'm a liar, right? But Pep did that. Mm-hmm. Pep made a, a country a stable in a team that won the treble. And it was as but important guess, as they loved them. But guess what? He wasn't replacing anyone. He wasn't replacing Luis uh, Diaz. He was adding. Diaz. He was adding. So so there you go. That's my point. There you go. So um, now yeah. we can Shola. So Shola, please go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, just like I said, like I agree with Alex, and it just goes back to the whole the, the whole character part. Like that's why I won't say Sissy won the window. Yeah, they replaced the players with good players, but like Alex said, it's I I think the biggest loss is Gundogan in my opinion. Yep. Like I think he's a huge loss because he would not you missed that character, you missed that, that leadership he brought. Every time during the business end of the season, he was the person that was always stepping up. Every like time. we said, Kovacic is on in terms of his injuries, he's not very reliable. We've mm-hmm. seen that over the years. Like, don't get me wrong, City, I still think City will win the league, but I don't think they've gotten better than they were last year. The All problem right. is City are just so good that even yeah. this tiny step back is still good enough to beat everybody else hmm. I think it's also yeah because at the end of the day Pep will find other solutions so even though Gundogan has left somebody's going to step into that Gundogan road and get those goals that they need at, the, at, at that time that they need so you never know who it might be I mean Rodri's obviously Rodri. quite early yeah and you are saying Rodri straight up you know Rodri yep. straight himself straight early, um, quite early so we'll see how this um, how this goes um, so now I guess we can move before I actually wanted to talk a little bit about Chelsea, but I feel like this summer we've done a lot about Chelsea about their billions that they've spent. They keep on spending, you know. It's I guess and like a lot of you guys have alluded to Chelsea are a young team. So this season, even though they've bought a lot, it's kind of like let's just see what happens for now. You know, whatever they take, whatever they get, they're gonna have to take because you know they are still in transition. So, before we leave, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the Champions League. The draw was on Thursday. There was another draw on Friday. I think Alex watched that one. <laughs> <laughs> Alex can give us his views if you guys want to hear it. But, you know, um, really. I, wanted to, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Champions League. Do you know, do you know, do you know in, my, in, my haste, in my haste to beef Shola, like a few yeah. moments ago, I still let's entertain the European opinion and I forgot that Shola is actually in Champions League and it's Alex that isn't. I'm sorry, guys. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you know what's so funny? United are actually so shit that I, when you said that, I actually thought, oh, you know what? Maybe United are in Europa. Yeah. They'll be there in January. They'll join them in January. But let's be, speaking about that in January, I mean, Shola, the group that you're in, it seems pretty straightforward to actually get to. Do you see your, you guys having much problems going through? And I you can say this. What are the teams in your group again? Please don't I mean, we have, <laughs> we have Bayern, Galatasaray, and Copenhagen. Mm-hmm. I would be very, very disappointed if we cannot come out of that group. Yeah, I feel like it's easy now. I feel like first and second is between us and Bayern. That's what I feel. But if anything less than that, it's a failure. Hmm. And and um, how far do you think ETH gets in this Champions League? They're out. They're out. This, this, they're not coming out of that group. That's my whole take. <laughs> Alex is ready to time for Liverpool and you and Europe. Uh, United uh, uh, in uh, Europa. Alex, I just, I just realized. I just realized why you sent me that 
uh, that tweet about what Galatasaray is doing in the window. Oh. Trust Basically, me, trust yeah. me, I'm on there. <laughs> they, they bought reinforcements, man. <laughs> Imagine if they tackle United or more. That's good to okay. do, right? And then United fans are still shouting Glazer. Anyhow, Shaq, it's all good. But, um, <laughs> how many years now? It's like almost every summer, ads. Almost every I blame, summer. I blame, I blame Gary Neville. Gary Neville, every, every opportunity, Glazer, Glazer. Yeah. My God. Anyways, Namdi, um, Arsenal's group. How did you see um, the group? I felt like there's a bit of a... There's a banana peel there somewhere. If we are not careful, we have to take it as seriously as possible. Even though we are, we are obviously chasing the league as well. I feel like it's very... We have to take those games so seriously. Because Lens did well last season. Sevilla, they are nothing to... You can't just ignore their their, their power. And uh, the last team was PSV. A team that actually beat us last season in the Europa. You, you, know my, you know my feelings about Arsenal and the Champions League. Europa League champions. But to, to keep it real though, I saw the draw... And I was I was glad. Yes, it's a tricky group, but we're the strongest side in the group. You know, like let's keep it one hundred. We're the strongest side in the group, and if we were not to progress from that group, it would be more about that hiatus we've had uh, than it would be about any of those teams overpowering us. Maybe one or two draws we shouldn't have had, and then one last minute loss somewhere. So I'm I'm comfortable. I think ideally we should get out, but I wouldn't be too disappointed if we didn't. If that makes any sense, hmm. I, I I'll be fucking livid if we did because I feel like it's tricky. But I feel like we should, we need to manage our way out of that kind of group. It's the it really doesn't the optics of us leaving at that point in time. I don't see I don't see a good reason for us to leave. But um. You know, and we'll talk about Champions League as, as as we go on because, you know, uh, we'll be on that. I don't know if Alex will be available for that, but maybe Alex can help yeah. us out with Newcastle here. Newcastle, they got the group of death, I think. Oh, you know, oh my Ma- Mio Madrid. Um, who was it again? Dortmund. You, you say Arsenal. Alex can help us out. You guys are telling me. <laughs> I say, I say, I say. <laughs> it can be our Newcastle consultants. <laughs> no, what, wasn't it PSV, Dortmund and... And Milan. Like, I don't know what I said. Oh, Milan, it was yeah. I said. Oh, yeah. So yeah, PSG, yeah. Dortmund, and Milan for for Newcastle. Yeah, um, Do you yeah, see any way where Newcastle come out of that group? I mean, I no. feel like they can still have some good games, you know? They're out. They're finishing last <laughs> of that group. Let's, let's, let's be honest. I think you don't rate them. I don't, I don't rate them. They're done. I think the coach probably be sacked by Christmas as well. Wow. You think you, you really think that guy is wow. not going to do well? I agree. I think he's gone... December. That's cool. That's cool. I mean, I've, I've watched Newcastle games and obviously the Aston Villa one. I, I noticed after that, I was like, what is Unai doing? Fucking just tell your guys to be more defensive because they're running through them like, you know, just arrows. But um, yep. let's see how they do. You know, I mean, they have Tonali. Tonali has looked like a big, like a big guy in that, in that center there. Maybe they get it together. They have some good games coming up in the, in the, in the Premier League. And you know, in the Premier League, opinions changes quite quickly. Um, even in Champions League as well. You win one or two games by mistake, and all of a sudden you are looking more positive and stuff like that. So, I mean, Alex, on your on your end right there, I know you already have Liverpool to win the Europa, but in the Champions League, what are your <laughs> two favorites? 
we're, we're not winning Europa if Real Madrid get knocked into Europa, but out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but no, no, in Champions League, I'll be honest with you, I've not really looked at the Champions League this season because I've been depressed with the fact that we're not in it. So uh-huh. if but if I if, if I was a if I was a betting man, I can't look past City. All right, the reigning champions. But I think Bayern will have a good season with Harry Kane there because they play good football anyway and now they've got that cutting edge in Harry Kane and they've got Leroy Sané who looks like he's back on it. So I think they'll have a, they'll, they'll be there or thereabouts. All right, fair enough. Um, so what about you? Who do you feel will do very well in the Champions League yeah, fair root. Well, the one team in the Champions League you will never rule out is Real Madrid. Madrid. <laughs> never, Real ever Madrid. rule out. Birmingham is balling, though. Birmingham is balling. He's getting those goals. As in, as, I think he's playing as a, as a 10 or something. He's playing as a false nine. False nine. There you go. There you go. And But go on, Shola, please. So, not even just um, about that. Like, Real Madrid, when it comes to the Champions League, they're a different animal. They now have a coach who has won multiple Champions League, who knows how to win the Champions League. I would not rule them out at all. Yeah. All right, which other team do you have then, apart from them? Is it Arsenal? Um, <laughs> funny. You, you, dude, they just gave you guys a Europa group. <laughs> the Europa group, just to remind you <laughs> of your level. Maybe you wrong for them niggas. They gave me, they gave me, you guys are so used to Europa, they gave you a Europa group. So please, calm down. <laughs> um, funny thing, actually, actually, um, probably City, City and Real Madrid are the two teams I have. Bayern, not so much because I'm not, like I've said, I think Toko is very overrated. Mm. I think Toko is one of the most overrated managers out there, personally. Um, you, you think you think so? I think so. I've said I've so told, told you guys this many times hmm. that yeah, I think the the Champions League win is what have made made people think he's better than he really is. I I've just I just don't see what makes him so good. Why he's rated that high? I personally just don't. See. All right, and I know we have a um, social um, fanboy here in Wahala. Wahala, what what do you think about that? And you can also let us yeah. know which team. Do you actually feel will do very well in this Champions League season? Yeah, man. You know, I'm just going to put City to one side because mm-hmm. I don't think repeat, but they will. They'll get to the semis. I'm looking at Bayern and Barca this season. Bayern because of some of the reasons Alex said. Sunny is powering. I think they have a, a good squad. You know, Bayern always gets it together squad wise, at least in the last ten years. Um and I, I do rate Tuko. I think even if he's not great in league play for whatever reason, I feel that he does know how to navigate the cops. Mm. And and he's done it in Champions League before. You know, I, I rate him a little less highly than I did um maybe three, four seasons ago. But I still think he has the the acumen. And then Barcelona, because I've liked the job Javi's been doing. I think that they've somehow managed to cobble some kind of a group out of that team and they have some explosive young stars coming through. Mm, I think mm. Davi learned hard lessons last year in Europe and he is, you know, one of those Pep Lights coaches out there who is going to have some sleepless nights trying to work on his tactics and I think Barcelona will benefit from it. And then PSG, because I quietly looked at their transfer window over the weekend. 
I know it's a third, but let's just say PSG as a dark horse. I know you guys don't like Lucho. You don't think Enrique is a good coach, but I like him. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. He, he's. I think he brings discipline to a team. He's a low maintenance, low frills kind of coach. You know, he can be a bit of a drama queen, but for the most part, he's just trying to do the job. And that's what that kind of team needs. And they went out there and they made some really solid buys. Like up front, mm-hmm. they have options. They have yep. all kinds of options. Even this yeah. guy, that like you're not going to hear a lot about. He's coming through and he's very capable. You know, so I, I like PSG for the semis, you know. Yeah. I have I agree with you, Namdi. Yeah, I forgot about PSG. Yeah. They look. Yeah, I like. And, um, I like the signings they made. Hungry I, players. I agree. Yeah, I, I actually it's one thing. One thing I've been shouting about for a while, you know, and I think they should probably just hire me at PSG because I think this is the way they are going to win. Is to buy. I've always felt like PSG the way they are. Um, the the fact that the only big thing that they really chase year in year out is the Champions League, and because of the way they went about trying to get it was to get as many mercenaries as possible to complete that task. And I always felt that, look, France is one of the best footballing nations when it comes to the World Cup. Every year, they always get to, like, the latter stages, you know. I feel like they should have always invested in the French youth that come to from all these other clubs that they can easily buy from. You know, they could have easily been the Bayern of, of French football. Just pick out all the best youngsters that are coming out of France, all the best German youngsters, and put, and put them in your team. You know, buy them and put them in. Something that United used to do a lot that they don't do anymore. Maybe it's because all the youngsters realize that United is a shithole, so they decided not to go there, right? But, you know, when you when you have players that, the way they are players, they are signing now. Players like Mouani, French, tall forward, right? They had, they bought, um, I think they bought Lucas Hernandez, who plays um, Setabar. Yeah. They bought Ramos. They have, well, I think, which Ramos? Oh, Goncalo Ramos. That's a nice striker. Yep. The Portuguese yep. man. And then they yep. had this youngster in midfield that has been playing, has been getting games, and he's highly talented, and he's somebody that, like, a lot of people have had, actually had their eyes on, like Zaire Emery. That's his name. I know I didn't pronounce it well, but I feel like I, I'm with Namdi on that you one. Got, you got it bang on, man. Yes. Sick kid. Yeah. So I feel like the way they are moving now is actually much better than the way they moved in the past. And i watched a few of their games. They took, I recently watched them destroy Leon, even though Leon had some chances as well. The way they kept running past Leon was just mad. Um, Midland now was on that team, and it was sad to see him so disappointed, but PSG totally ripped those guys apart. So them as well, I feel like they have more of a cohesive, cohesive unit now than they did when they had Messi Neymar. It looks a little bit better and more simplified. You know, so um, Shola, just real quick, I know I threw a shot at um, United there, just randomly, you know, just straight bullets, all that kind of stuff. Um, Namdi mentioned another team there, Barcelona. You know, uh, Frank de Young is a midfielder that United have always looked at. I know you guys are getting Amrabat instead, and we didn't really discuss United's last minute, you know, signings. I mean, just real quick before we talk a little bit about you, before you give your opinion on Barcelona. How did you see United signing three players on the final day of the transfer window? Did that? How did that look to you? I mean, it just is. This goes back to talking about the things we've been complaining about for years: the lack of planning and how we just operate. Because I remember I've been waiting for us since June. Hmm. Like that man has literally not played for Fiorentina this season. 
he's been training by himself since June. So for us to wait to, to wait all the way to the end, I don't know. It's just inefficient in my opinion. Um, in terms of who else is beside? Okay, beside the backup keeper, that one is fine. You know, I I could I I I have no beef with that. Also, the the left back side, I have no beef with that. It's just the prolonging of the Amrabat signing that I was not happy about. Because the left-back signing was an emergency signing. Malasia is out. Shaw is out. Both long-term injuries. Seems um, Ten Hag is not ready to give Fernandez the chance. He loaned him out to, was it Granada or one of these Spanish teams. So, so basically, the only left-back we have right now is Dalu. So that so I'm, I wasn't upset about the backup keeper and Regulon. I mean, I'm happy with Amrabat as well. Don't get me wrong. I'm just didn't like how we delayed it because this has he's been one of our priority signings from day one. I feel like we should have gone for Amrabat ahead of Amrabat should have been prioritized over Mounts, for mm. example. All right, fair enough. Okay, so what about Barcelona? How do you see them in this Champions League? Oh, oh yeah, um, there was this youngster that that uh, that actual that also actually started playing. Uh, very recently for Barcelona. I mean, the keyboard. Mm. Uh, last yeah, I mean, what's his name? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. That's him. Yeah. Yeah, that he looked really is... good. He's looked really good so far. Yeah, he got called up to the Spain, Spanish national team. Uh-huh. That's Spanish so, national um... team. They like calling them young, man. <laughs> this is yeah, like, it's lock... not the way to call them. Pedri and Gabi. Yep, lock them in quick. Lock them in, that's it. Nice, nice. All right, but go on what you what you were saying about Barca. Please go on. I think um well the funny thing is that Barca's recruitment was actually kind of interesting. Because what I think this I saw a start, I think they only spent like four million euros, but they bought got in like five or six players. Yeah. So, yeah. So, they use their name. Yeah. They use their name. Yeah, so like they got you know a few free transfers, loans, you know, they added Cancelo. Big, uh, you know, I think they, I think Gond- Barcelona Gondogan. should be in the mix. You know, no, they got Gundogan for free. They got Cancelo yep. on loan. You know, those are some good signings. Like to pay not nothing for mm, some yeah. good signings. So Barcelona to for me will be a dark horse. Yeah, another person as well that I wanted to just quickly mention because of how good they are doing. I want go to end very soon, but just on this last person, Atletico Madrid. I've always favored Simeone. And to watch them and see them play well, so well this season has been really nice. I'm glad we don't have to face them in Champions League. They're an annoying bunch. So it's good. It's good that, that we don't have to face them in this first round anyway. But I really like the way they are looking. And La Liga is shaping up to be quite competitive, especially since Madrid they actually buy a, 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 a 30 goal a season striker. They went for that uh, Yoselu guy. So that means that this season they are really. Hoping that Vinicius Junior is going to stay fit for, for the whole season, and also that Bellingham is going to stay fit for the whole season, it'll be very interesting to see what they are like if Vinny is out for an extended extended period of time. Which you know the guys are playing matches you know every every week for a while now, so it's not well, it's not like right incredible. Sorry, he's even injured right he's now. There you go. Right so, now. Yeah, he's yeah, injured. So, yeah, it's not impossible to see that he's going to start having a few injuries here and there. So yeah, so with that in mind, um. I just want to say thank you guys. He, he, sorry. Oh, he, yeah, sorry. Sorry, before you before you wrap yeah. up, before you wrap yeah. up, just a quick quick comment about Napoli. Yeah. Go um on. I, I think they I think they made a mistake 
parting with their coach close mm-hmm. season. Yeah. And um, I think they're vulnerable. It makes me really sad because they played possibly the most exciting football in Europe last season for long stretches. And I was hoping that they would kick on this season and make trouble in the Champions League. But they might just get blown away, you know. Just a, mm-hmm. just a side note. Yeah, but Nandi, one thing, one thing I actually wanted to say, Nandi, is I feel like their 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 president tried to sell the stars of this team. That was why he let the, the manager go. I feel like in his mind, their president Lawrence's, I, I can't remember his full name, but whatever it is, yeah, yeah. he actually wanted um um the winger, the Georgian winger, one of the Georgian winger or Osimen. He wanted one of them to leave, and then he wanted to restructure the whole team. Do you understand? With a new coach, you know, new ideas and yeah. stuff like that. So I think he was actually that's, a little bit disappointed. Yeah, I think it was a little that's bit not a, That's not a winning model. It's, it's not, not a winning us. model. Because I don't I don't feel like you have Kovara. That Kovara Osimen pipeline was one of the most unpredictable mm-hmm. in the season because Osimen is one of those players who can just fashion a strike from nowhere. Yeah, like he just drop a bomb that you don't expect. And Kavara, he can beat the man. He can pass the ball. Mm-hmm. He can drive. You get why are you trying to sell them when you have other assets? They sold. They sold the 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 Japanese defender Kim. Mm-hmm. You know they have um one of but they don't have any other Zambo. assets. That they don't no, have hundred million. Bro, Zambo. Zambo. No, Zambo is not a hundred million pound asset now. He's no, not. not hundred million. But if he's not even fifty. He's not even fifty, bro. What? If you put Zielinski on the market, they will come for him. No, Do you understand? No, no. They had Zielinski has been around for a while, bro. Yeah, Zielinski has been around. Bro, he's not even 30 yet, you know. Can I know. Yeah, he's, not 30 yet? he's not. He's not, but he's been around for a while. And he's not that good where yeah. somebody will pay stupid money for him. Do you get? Like, I feel like they wanted one big money guy to leave. At least Osimhen. I think, I, think I think both will leave next summer anyway. Yeah, well, it's possible that boldly because the way I see that Napoli, they're just happy they won that 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 trophy. And at this point, because why sack the coach as well? Unless you're trying to change things up a little, a little bit. The fact that only that defender went, I don't think it was enough. I felt like they wanted to rake in from... Because there's another thing about that happens during the transfer market. You sell your players when they are ripe, when their stock is very high. Last season, this summer was the summer where Osimhen's stock was at the highest, I believe. I don't know whether the new coach is going to be able to get him playing at that level where his stock will be so high again next season. Is is yet we're yet to see that. But again, obviously, we'll see how that goes. But I just feel like this is this summer was the summer to cash in on a seaman. A nice 150 million pound bid. Pocket that, restructure your team and start all over again. You know, but you know, I also understand what you mean that. You know, they don't want to break apart the team because, you know, they want to keep on winning and stuff like that. And maybe they do win. Yeah, you're, you're champions maybe, yeah. of Italy. You, you yeah, played but I, I don't, the I don't feel... finals of the Champions League. Why are you restructuring? I, I feel like I feel like this season, the challenge that Inter and Juve will bring and Milan will bring, I feel like they will fall behind. Definitely fall behind. And it will reduce the stock of the players that they could have sold for more body this summer. But we'll see, Sha. Um, we'll see how it goes. That I, I feel struggling about it, but at the same time, I could definitely be wrong because at least I'm wrong nine times out of ten. Shola will know that. So, so there you go. You know, I'm so <laughs> so it's all good. But um, thank you guys so much for coming on. And I know we've been trying to do this for a while, but some people keep messing up. 
I won't mention their name. I won't mention their names, but, but it's definitely not Namdi this time. But, no, no, but before you guys go, yes or no answer, no long term. Oh, yeah, Salah leave. We spoke. Salah leave by this. Oh yeah, we didn't even talk to Yeah, because the Saudi Arabia guys about to drop two hundred million. Yes or no? You don't have to go into details. I think if we were going to leave, you would have left by now. Personally, I think he's staying. Every time you ask Namdi a question, Namdi must add Jara. They said yes or no. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I to say no. All right, Shola, what about you? Say no. Sorry, you know I'm a lawyer. No, talk for you. No, I think I think it's too late for him to leave now. You know, okay. especially with the transfer window shut, there's no level can buy a replacement. Hmm. Better attack, so now. many, attack so him. many guys here do <laughs> feel exact. Do you understand? They said yes or no, bro. <laughs> they said yeah. yes no. Or no. Eh? <laughs> no. <laughs> you will feel exact. Agreed. Yeah, you always don't. Oh, you don't have to always shall I? I don't. I can't remember that. Oh, yeah, you answer. You answer. Answer. You answer. answer is no. My answer is no. Okay. My answer, is right. no. My answer is no. Yeah. So thank you guys so much for coming on and for being on the podcast today. I know Namdi was expecting me to say more after I said no, but I did it purposely. So fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you guys. Thank you guys for coming. This was great. I had so much fun talking to you guys. And we'll catch you guys on the next one. Thank you all and goodbye. Nice one. All right, easy, all right goodbye. Let's begin.